the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is made possible through the sponsorship of the Word of Life Bible Fellowship and through the generous giving of faithful donors like you. If you would like to learn more about our ministry, you can visit us at awordforlife.com. Welcome to A Word for Life. A Word for Life is the radio ministry of the Word of Life Bible Fellowship, located in Tacoma, Washington. And now, here's Pastor Michael Fields with A Word for Life. So there was the betrayal of Jesus that Judas undertakes. It, there was, that took place within his heart long before the actions and the activities of betrayal were demonstrated in Judas' life. But there was the second thing that I would like for us to see back in Matthew the 26th chapter is that what we see the Lord doing here in verse 2 where he perceptibly and correctly describes the things that were beginning to take place and form and shape within the heart of Judas towards him. There was that is an aspect of his divinity that he used at times prior to this event. And so the Lord at times would use his ability to perceive correctly different things. And he had used that prior to this event. In Matthew the ninth chapter where Jesus heals the paralyzed man that is brought to him by four other people. He uses this ability that we're talking about to perceive that the Pharisees were there and they were accusing him of blasphemy. But they were doing it in their hearts. Jesus perceives, he says, he says, why do you think that I'm committing blasphemy in your heart? Which would be easier, to say unto the man, rise up and take your bed home and walk? Or to say to him, your sins are forgiven you. But that you may know that the Son of Man has power to forgive sins. The scripture goes on to say, he looked over at the late paralyzed man. He says, take up your bed and go on home. And a man who had no ability to walk at all whatsoever, a man that had to be carried by four individuals and brought to Jesus, all of a sudden now has ability and capability to stand up, not just stand up, but take up the bed that he was laying upon, the thing that they had brought him to Jesus with. He takes that whole thing up, puts it on his shoulders, and walks to his house. Lord have mercy. Jesus perceived, you guys are thinking I'm committing blasphemy. Let me show you that I am not. 
But then there was in Luke, the sixth chapter, we, where the Lord heals a man who had a withered hand. We see Jesus again using this aspect of his divinity to know that he was being watched by the scribes and the Pharisees at that time because they were looking for something that they could use against him. Amen. And so Jesus perceptively knows when people are doing certain things and he reads hearts like we read the yes. newspaper. And so when the Lord here in Matthew, the 26th chapter, verse 2, when he says that the Son of Man is betrayed to be crucified, he is using this aspect of his divinity to describe to his disciples those things that were going on in Judas's heart towards him, even before they were actually carried out. It, 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 now, now, let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. It would be like you have two guys, two guys, they're both explosive experts. And you have one guy, he's there on the top of the bridge and he's tending a line and he's letting the guy down. Then he stops and then he says, okay, I'm ready to come up. And he pulls the line back up because the other guy is attached to the line. He's underneath the bridge and he pulls him up and, he, and the guy on top that has the, ha has the line, he says, is everything taken care of? Is everything done? And the guy, the, the explosive expert that's coming up, he says, this bridge is gone. This bridge is done. Th this bridge, it, it's a wrap. This thing is a wrap. Is meaning present or, or is meaning future tense, you know, or present tense, I should say, that this bridge is going to blow up. Everything that, has, that is needed to take this bridge out, to blow it up so that we could, we could replace it with a new bridge, everything is done. So he took, said his partner says, let's go. We, everything is done. Let's go. They start to walk away. They get all their tools, all their stuff. They start to walk away. But as they're walking away, they see an older couple out for their morning exercise. And their morning exercise route just happened to take them across that bridge. And so they see this older couple. He says, excuse me, excuse me, what are, you, what are you guys doing? What are you doing? And the couple looks at him and says, well, we're just on our exercise. We're doing our exercise. We're just going for a walk. We're going to walk across the bridge. And they say, no, 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 I'm sorry. You can't do that. This bridge is going to be destroyed. This bridge is going to be taken out, be taken down, is going to be future tense. The reason he is able to use the present tense with his partner, but now has to use the future tense with this other couple is because of the knowledge that he and his partner have about what has been happening. He and his partner have knowledge that this other couple doesn't have. So he can say to his partner, this bridge is done. Because they have knowledge. But he has to say to this other couple, this bridge is going to be destroyed because they do not have the knowledge that he and his partner had Amen. and so dear ones the lord uses this example here this helps us to better understand what the lord is saying because when you get to verses 20 through 25 he says like verse 20 he says now when the even was come he sat down with the 12 and as they did eat he said verily i say unto you that one of you shall betray me shall future tense not has betrayed me because he's talking to his disciples and he realizes they don't have the knowledge that I have. Amen. They don't have the insight that I have. Right. I read hearts like you read newspaper. And I know that one of you has betrayed me in your heart already. The third thing that I would like for us to take note of, dear ones, is I do not want for us to get the wrong picture or the wrong impression of Judas. 
I do not want for us to get the wrong picture or get the wrong impression of Judas here. And dear ones, what I mean by that statement is that I do not want for us to begin to see Judas as some type of sympathetic, unknowing victim uh, of things that just got caught up in something. And we start to feel sorry for him in some way. We, 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 we don't want to begin to look at this thing in a negative way. Now, some of you say, well, well, well how, how in the world could you even make that statement? Dear ones, a lot of times it's easier for us to act like we're unknowing victims of something yeah. rather than own up to what we know Amen. and own up to what we've done. We act as if we're innocent victims. I have no idea how this happened. I have no idea how this came to pass. I have no idea what was, what was going on. I, I just don't know. Hold on a second. Really? Is that really the truth? The betrayal of Jesus that Judas undertook here was something that had begun to develop within his heart towards Jesus for some time prior to this. It was something that he, that he along with the other disciples, had been cautioned about and warned about by Jesus several times prior to this event happening. And that even up to the very end, he had been given the opportunity to turn from it before it was too late, but he refused to do so. And so the culpability and the responsibility of Judas for the action that he undertook is something, dear ones, that cannot be denied. His responsibility, his culpability was something that could not be denied, no matter how hard he may have tried. And the reason, as I said, there was why I bring this point up is because at times we can find ourselves wanting to believe that we are somehow just this innocent victim that has got caught up into something that we had no control over and no say so in. Rather than becoming willing to take full ownership for what is really going on in our own hearts and in our own minds towards others. And the things that we have been formulating in our minds towards them for some time. It is easier just to act like you're an innocent victim. I don't know. I just don't understand why it happened. I just don't understand what was going on. I I don't know. I don't know how I ended up here. I don't know how I ended up. I, I don't know. It's easier to do that. Then it is to take ownership. You know what? Where I am, what has happened, what has transpired. Tell you, shame the devil. This thing's been, I've been thinking about this thing for a long time. This thing's been being kicked around in one way or the other. The Holy Ghost told me to let it go, but I didn't let it go. The Holy Ghost told me to put it away, but I didn't put it away. I just kept pondering over it. I kept pondering. Every time the devil would bring it back to me, I'd take it and just mess with it for a while. And then I'd, I'd put it away, but I'd always go back to it. I just kept going back over the thing, over the thing, over the thing. Lord have mercy. And so, and so, and so Judas and the culpability of Judas, the responsibility of Judas... It cannot be denied, no matter how hard we may want to try. And so in reality, dear ones, here we go. In reality, many times what either happens with me, happens to me, or both, does not just randomly happen either with me or happen to me. It is the culmination of what has been going on in my heart and in my mind for some time prior to that event I want you to hear me what has either happening with me happening to me or both happening with me and happening to me it's not some random event this is not some happenstance this is not some coincidental thing that just was dropped in my lap 
Dear ones, this is the culmination of what's been going on in my heart and what's been taking place in my mind for a long time before this moment. And dear ones, as we understand this, as we better understand this reality, it helps us to better understand the wisdom that the wisdom writer tried to encourage us and express to us when he spoke to us in the book of Proverbs, the fourth chapter. Because in Proverbs, the fourth chapter, the wisdom writer, he tries to help us by sharing something with us and cautioning about it, cautioning us about something. Proverbs, the fourth chapter, there was, notice what the wisdom writer says there in verse 23. He says, keep or guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. We will get back to Pastor Fields and to today's message in just a moment. But we wanted to take a moment to share with all of you that the aim of our radio ministry at the Word of Life Bible Fellowship is to share the good news of Jesus Christ with as many people as possible and to strengthen and edify the body of Christ through Bible teaching that is both clear and relevant. We would like to see this ministry go even farther in accomplishing this work, but in order for us to be able to do that, we need your help. If you are able, after you have given to the support of your own local home church, if you are able to help us with the cost of airing this program on this station, we would greatly appreciate it. All donations are tax deductible, and they can be sent to the Word of Life Bible Fellowship, P.O. Box 8903, Tacoma, Washington, 98418. And if you would like to learn more about our ministry and be able to listen to some of the archived messages from Pastor Fields, you can do so by visiting us at our website, which is awordforlife.com. And now, let's get back to Pastor Fields and to today's message. And dear ones, as we understand this, as we better understand this reality, it helps us to better understand the wisdom that the wisdom writer tried to encourage us and express to us when he spoke to us in the book of Proverbs, the fourth chapter. Because in Proverbs, the fourth chapter, the wisdom writer, he tries to help us by sharing something with us and cautioning about it, cautioning us about something. Proverbs, the fourth chapter, there was, notice what the wisdom writer says there in verse 23. He says, keep or guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Guard your hearts. Guard your heart. Your heart means, your heart, dear ones, meaning your emotions, your mind, and your will. Guard them. We guard our furniture. We guard our jewelry. We guard our cars. We have those sticks that we put in our cars to make sure nobody takes them. We guard those things. Why is it we're so easily and carefree with our hearts? Why is it we're so easy and carefree with our, with our minds? We just kind of let just come in whatever comes in and just kind of let it stay however long it wants to stay and do whatever it wants to do to our emotions and our will. We just kind of let it stay there. We don't really pay attention to it. It's just a thought. It's, it's nothing more than a thought. It's just, I'm just thinking about that. I'm not, I ain't saying I'm going to do it. I'm just thinking about it. The problem is you're thinking about it too much. 
The problem is it's staying too long. The problem is it's taking root. The problem is it's beginning to formulate plans and activities and schemes and devices. The problem is it's taking hold. And all the thought needs is time and opportunity. And you have a problem. Y'all never heard Judas talked about like this before. You just say Judas is a bad man and just moved on. No, 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 no. There's more to this thing. There's more to the story of how Judas became the betrayer. And so, and so there was, we, we want to look closer at Judas and what happened. How did this man end up in this position? And so we want to move into this whole issue of Judas betraying Jesus a little bit more. Because I want for us to begin to see some of the underlying things that were there that I believe led up to and resulted in Judas becoming the betrayer of the Lord Jesus. Now, dear ones, there are some things that we could speculate about. And there, there are people that write books about this. And they, they speculate a lot of, about what Judas, what his motivations were. And the Word of God does not tell us explicitly why Judas did what he did. It does not tell us explicitly. But dear ones, there are some things that the Scriptures do hold. And some things that the Scriptures do lay out for us. And as we just look at what the Bible gives to us. That is more than enough for us to ponder over and think about. Dear ones, turn with me in your Bibles to the book of John, the 12th chapter. Because John, the 12th chapter, says something to us. I'm going to read the first eight verses. John, the 12th chapter, it says, Then Jesus, six days before the Passover... Now. Prior to this, in, 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 in John the 13th chapter, or the 12th chapter, John, no, no, Matthew the 26th chapter, I'm sorry. Prior to this, in Matthew the 26th chapter, Jesus says two days before, before that time. The feast of the Passover is in two days. But here we have something happening six days before the feast of Passover. So four days prior to what Jesus says about the Son of Man being betrayed. This happens four days prior to that. Lord have mercy. I'm just trying to give you all the, uh, some, the chronology of events. So four, six days before Jesus, or four days before Jesus says, in two days, I'm going to be betrayed. And two, right now, somebody's betrayed me already in their heart. Four days prior to that, this event happens that John tells us about in John the 12th chapter. He says, then six days before the Passover came to Bethany. Jesus came to Bethany six days before the Passover where Lazarus was which had been dead whom he raised from the dead there they made him a supper and Martha served but Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him then took Mary a pound of ointment of spikenard very costly and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair and the house was filled with the odor of the ointment then said one of his disciples Judas Iscariot Simon's son which should betray him why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the bag and bare what was put therein. Then said Jesus, let her alone. Against the day of my bearing has she kept this. For the poor always you have with you, but me you have not always. Now, dear ones, as we read what we're told here, there are several things that we want to take note of. 
This is describing for us a time where Jesus is at a feast and he and is anointed with oil by Mary, who was the sister of Lazarus. And so Jesus is anointed with oil by Mary, who is the sister of Lazarus and also the sister of Martha. Now, as you look at the corollary description of this story, dear ones, that is given to us in Mark, the 14th chapter, verses 1 through 9, there are several things that begin to appear to us that we want to take note of. One thing is that this feast is being held in the house of someone who we are told was known as Simon the leper, who was... And the scripture says here in John, the 12th chapter, that this is Judas's dad because it says it is Simon's son. And so he's known as Simon the leper more than likely because this was an individual who who had leprosy in the past and had either been cured or healed of that leprosy. And so he had the nickname of Simon the leper because if he was currently a leper, they couldn't be in his house. So it was obviously something that had passed, something in, in the past he, was, he had suffered from. But another thing that we want to take note of, dear ones, is we're told that this feast, at this feast, Martha was serving. And Lazarus was sitting at the table with Jesus. And because this feast is being held directly after Jesus has raised Lazarus from the dead. Because in John the 11th chapter, Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead. In John the 12th chapter, they're having a feast and Jesus is there and Lazarus is sitting at the table at like, like he's the guest of honor. So more than likely, this is a celebration dinner that they're having for Jesus and for Lazarus. That's why Martha is serving. Still another thing that we want to take note of, dear ones, is that in both Mark's account of this story and in John's account of it, we are told that there were some people there that took offense to this anointing that Jesus received that, Martha, that Mary did because they felt that the oil that was used could have been used for other purposes. It's, the scripture says here in John the 12th chapter that they took offense. Because they felt that the oil should have been used, sold, and the money given to the poor. But in John's account that we're given here in John the 12th chapter, he identifies Judas as being the primary person that objected to this. And that he was the one who was leading the objections of the others. So it wasn't, all the other disciples said, yeah, we agree. But Judas was the one that brought the whole issue up. Why was this oil not sold and given to the poor, the money given to the poor? Now, dear ones, it is here that I would like to suggest, one last thing, then we'll move on. One last thing, because as you look at Mark's account of it and John's account of it, in both accounts, dear ones, the Lord Jesus tells his disciples, let her alone or leave her alone. And so there is a sharp reprimand. That the Lord gives to them for criticizing Mary for what she's doing and for being critical of her and her actions. The Lord tells all of them, leave her alone. Let her alone. Stop being critical of her. Stop criticizing her for what she's doing. And dear ones, at this point, I would like to submit to all of you the first reason or the first uh, 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 underlying issue that I believe contributed to the betrayal of Jesus by Judas. And the first issue that I would like to suggest to all of you that led up to that fateful event had to do with 
unresolved offenses that took place. Unresolved offenses that took place. Dear ones, I would like to submit to all of you that Judas got offended by what Jesus said. And by reprimanding them for criticizing what Mary was doing. Because in criticizing all of them, because Judas was the primary person leading the, leading the criticism, in criticizing all of them, Jesus, and reprimanding all of them, Jesus really is reprimanding Judas. Let her alone. Judas, let her alone. And Judas got offended by what the Lord did. Judas got offended. Hello, dear ones. This is Pastor Michael Fields. And here at the end of today's broadcast, I just wanted to take a moment and say thank you to all of you for taking the time out of your day to tune in and listen to our program. My hope is that today's broadcast has been a blessing to you in some way and has helped you in your walk and in your relationship with the Lord. And I want to encourage all of you to tell a friend about this program and join us here next time as we look into the riches of God's Word in order to find a word for life. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.